This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting China. We're hearing a lot about it at the moment because our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, just held a meeting with the Chinese President Xi Jinping, President Xi's first meeting with an Aussie PM in six years. It's hoped that those 32 minutes they spent together will lead to a thawing in what's been a tricky relationship lately. But as we always say on Squiz the World, there's always more to a country than the news headlines. And it's good to know more about a country and its people. So strap yourselves into the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and fly northwest for a Squiz at China. Just the facts. Australia is a big country with a small population. Our 25 million people live on about 7 million square kilometres. China is a slightly bigger country at 9 million square k's, but with a lot more people, 1.4 billion and counting. That's 56 times as many people as Australia. China is also the world's biggest country to be ruled by a communist government. What's that, you ask? Well, basically the idea of communism is that the government owns all the land and businesses in a country, and people just get paid what the government thinks they need. China did make some changes about 30 years ago and allowed individual people to own businesses, but the government still has much more influence on people's lives than they do in Australia. In fact, many democratic countries, including Australia, are worried that the Chinese government treats its people badly when they disagree with their leaders. And lately, the Chinese government's also made decisions that affect Australia. For example, they've made it a bit tricky for Aussies who sell beef, wine, timber and other things to China. That's one of the things the PM hopes will change after his meeting. Stay tuned. And enough politics. Let's get to travelling. Every year, when there's no global pandemic, 10 million tourists visit just one tourist attraction in China. I think some of you have guessed it, it's the Great Wall, which actually is a series of walls that go over 20,000 kilometres. Some bits are over 2,000 years old, and apparently it took millions of soldiers, peasants, prisoners and animals to build it. Fun fact, at the beginning of construction, they used rice flour to stick the bricks together. A common myth is that the Great Wall of China is easily visible from space, but my friends over at NASA say you'd have to fly very low and know what you're looking for. I've popped their video in your episode notes to learn more. Now, whenever you do travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. On top of that, there are more than one million people with Chinese heritage living in Australia. So we can give it a bit of practice when we learn the lingo. In China, the official language is Mandarin Chinese, which is spoken by 70% of the population. There are other Chinese dialects like Cantonese and Hunanese. We've asked Squiz Kid Louie, who was born in China but now lives in Sydney, to teach us how to say hello in Mandarin. Ni hao. Go on, you give it a try. Ni hao. People are always really grateful when you just try to speak their language. They may even thank you for it. 
Hey, Louis, how do we say thank you? Share, share. And a huge share, share to you too, Louis. Now that we can communicate a little bit, it's... Time for school. Depending on where kids live in China, it's often dark when they go to school or dark when they get out because even though China is big enough to have five time zones, it has only one. (laughs) That's because the communist government wanted the country to be unified. School usually starts at 7.30 in the morning with the raising of the Chinese flag. The kids all line up outside and do about 20 minutes of exercise together. They also get almost two whole hours for lunch and some of them head home at four o'clock. But if you think that sounds easier than your school day, listen to this. Only one in three Chinese kids passes the exam that lets you go to high school. So starting when they're really young, kids are doing tons of homework and getting tutoring. In your episode notes, I've put a link to a video made by a young girl about her daily life. She studies every night until at least 8.30 and even more on the weekends. She also has a huge crush on her art teacher. Another thing that's different about school in China. Monday is usually cleaning day and students spend their whole recess cleaning walls, wiping desks, mopping the floors and, yes, dealing with the toilets. Makes you even more grateful for the people cleaning your school, doesn't it? Chinese school kids are active in sport, just like we are. Let's find out what they play in... Sport time. Which sport do you think China has won more Olympic medals in than any other country? Yeah, good listening. That's table tennis. Kids start playing really young. There's a link in your episode notes to a three-year-old kid nicknamed Little Rice Cake who has been training since he was one and a half You won't believe his moves, and his head barely comes above the table. China also has many traditional sports. The favourite one I've read about is called Beiku Takbei, which has been played for over a thousand years. It's a bit like hockey, but they use a knob of apricot root for the ball, which they hit with long wooden branches. And if they play at night, they set a felt-covered ball on fire so they can see it. I've popped a link in your episode notes to a guide on how to play. Phew, after all that athletic activity, I'm starving. I think it might be... Dinner time. Most people in Australia have probably eaten Chinese food. There are Chinese restaurants in almost every town. One very old and very special dish is Peking duck. One book that's almost 700 years old has a recipe for it. Peking is the old name for the capital, Beijing. The duck is roasted in a wood fire oven and the chef presents it to you whole before taking it to the kitchen and slicing it into about 120 thin segments of meat and skin. The slices are eaten with thin pancakes, green onions or shallots, plum sauce and fresh cucumber. Mmm. Now, not everyone has a wood fire oven at home, but there's a link in your episode notes to a shortcut version. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. What was once used to stick together blocks of stone on the Great Wall of China? Yep, that's right. Rice flour. Question number two. What happens in many Chinese schools on Monday? 
that is correct. A whole lot of cleaning. And question number three, what happens to the Beku ball if the game is played at night? Yeah, it's set on fire. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to China. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out.